You are listening to Bird Talk Radio pre-recorded live streaming and podcast shows. Stay tuned for more of the streaming bird love and visit birdtalkradio.com again soon for live Bird Talk Radio show schedules and links to our streaming and podcast bird talk shows. During this segment with Candace Tanner of Magnolia Exotic Bird Sanctuary, we learn why baby boomers are surrendering birds to sanctuaries instead of leaving them in their wills. Enjoy the history of Magnolia Exotic Bird Sanctuary, how and why it was founded, plus how they try to help people keep their pet birds instead of surrendering them. Magnolia Exotic Bird Sanctuary socialize, rehab, and train birds to be adoptable so they don't get sold over and over going from home to home. And, they do. Um, yeah, they get attached. Yeah, don't they? they get very, very attached. And um, we have many surrenders um, from, you know, pretty much the baby boomer age. And the parents are out living them or the owner is in their 80s and have gotten sick or have to go to assisted living, passed away. Um, and you know, generally speaking, I don't know a lot of people that own parrots that their kids want them because it's a very unique relationship and a lot of people don't understand it. So when, um, you know, the baby boomers right now are, um, you know, constantly calling us. Can you take my pet bird? And, you know, right, right now we're at capacity. We're at 180. Um, and which kind of will lead me to something else. I think I, I mentioned to you when we spoke earlier. Um, if you, if for the listening audience, if you live in the Houston area, uh, we are looking for fosters. Um, we have uh, several birds that uh, need to be fostered until we can find a permanent home for them. Um, yes, they're, so that's they're, not they're a permanent pets. home. It's just, can you take care of this bird, socialize it with your family until we can get a match to, for this bird, right? Yes, yes. Because... Because at the sanctuary, we don't want to um, have, you know, a companion parrot uh, live there for two years. Because now they've adjusted to that life. Because of the, the two, I want to jump in right here because listening audience, they have birds there that never leave the sanctuary they're not adoptable and i and what candace is saying is these birds that are adoptable they want to get them into a another home as soon as possible right so they don't get too used yeah. to being with this big yeah. flock at your sanctuary and not want to yeah. leave or, or have a hard time adjusting when you do get adopted because they've been there with your large flock for so long am i on the right track yes you're absolutely on the right track and because um to kind of back up a little bit in the timing of what's happened over the years at the sanctuary is when sharon first started 20 years ago rescuing parents they were all 
kind of like you, um, you know, like what Michael Cox does. I mean, they were all abused, abandoned, neglected, breeder birds they were going to throw away, their mate died, didn't want them anymore, you know, all those, all those things. But over, over the last four or five years, our, our actual work has had to change. We've had to adjust what we do and how we do it because of the uh, pets coming from the elderly. Mm-hmm. And it's not I fair. I heard that before. When you, yeah. when you mentioned it to me before we went on air, I just I just realized I haven't heard this before at listening audience. I've done a lot of shows, and usually uh, people I talk to say, well, you know, parrots live so long, you'll find them in attorneys' wills because, you know, the parrot owner knows they're going to outlive, the bird's going to outlive them, so they put them in their will and they pass them on to their family. We've had people tell me, yeah, well, my kids are going to are gonna take my, my birds when I'm gone. But I haven't heard anyone. Of course, you're in the business of, of receiving a lot of the unwanted or, or uh-huh. birds that people can't keep anymore. And this is a new, this is a new reason, listening audience. I've never heard this. So their kids, why wouldn't their kids want them? Can, can we talk about that a little more? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I have an opinion about it. I don't know if it would apply to everyone. But what I see in general is that because of the very special relationship that humans have with their parents, you know, it's very special, it's very specific, it's unlike a dog or a cat or a rabbit or a guinea pig. I mean, it's unlike any other domesticated animal. And um, it doesn't necessarily fall that their kids have the same passion. I don't think it's... Or the I bird, don't think it's, right? Or the bird. Maybe the bird I, yeah, won't I don't, like them. Right. And I don't think it's um, because people's children don't care they just have you know don't know how to take care of them don't they've been leading a different life interested. with no pets or professional career right. or something or right or they yeah, just or they have a, they're just not bird people right they're, they're just not bird people. some people are yep. just not bird people they just yeah it doesn't work for them maybe you know it just doesn't well, because you know, yeah. I mean, you know from your own, um, they're loud, they're yeah. messy. Yeah. Um, they can they, bite hard. They can bite hard. They can drive you crazy. <laughs> um, they can bite as hard as your German Shepherd or Pitbull, listening audience, believe it or not. And you Pitbull guys sitting there going, yeah, right. Uh, I invite you to come over and try and pick up my McCall one day and, and see what happens because he's, he's going to bite you. <laughs> he's not going to he's not going to let go until I take something until I pry his beak off of your finger. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and and not because he's mean. He's just I have a rescue McCall, and, and it's just it's just. A, I, I can handle him. I can I, I can't actually handle him, but I can take care of him, and I have for four years now. And I can move him around if I need to. You know, I can deal with him, but you can't touch him. 
and he will bite you mm-hmm. really hard if you try to. You reach for him, it's gonna you're gonna get it. You know he's he just he's yeah. not vicious. He's just afraid of people, and we have he hasn't got over it. You know, and and, I'm and he may never. But may maybe, never. Maybe right. with, maybe with a few more years with you. Maybe you'll be able to I touch hope so. him, or maybe not. You don't. I'm not you don't really know. There's. I have a plan uh, for a time uh, when I get. I'm going to take some time off work, and I'm going to get him out on play stands and and uh, try to work some of the positive reinforcement methods I learned mm-hmm. from Ginger. And see if I can get him over the fear of being touched. You know, he's mm-hmm. he he's not really afraid of anybody. He's just afraid of anybody touching him with your hands. You can take right. one of his feathers and and rub his his head with one of his feathers. But you try to reach up with your hand and pet him. Uh uh-uh. uh, it's not happening. Something bad probably happened to him, and they remember. Or, well, he spent the first 12 years of his life in a garage, and all they did was feed him and water him. He didn't have any socialization. I don't think anybody ever handled him. You know, in the first 12 years, from the time he's a baby to 12 years old, that's when I got him. I mean, he was about 12. Yeah. And yeah, someone rescued him from that. that yeah, that's huge. situation. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's huge. They... um. Um, you know, we have many that that's happened to, and you know, sometimes they never recover. They just never do, and never will. Um, but I want to go just touch a little bit back on the planning of the baby boomer, uh, the elderly. You mm-hmm. know, oftentimes people don't do just what I would consider maybe regular financial planning what's going to happen what's going to happen when we're 80 what's going to happen if we live to be 92 um and so there you know there's a large group of people out there that either have nothing to financially plan for or just never even thought about it which also includes their pets if you're not planning kind of the bigger picture oftentimes not just a parrot, but there have been no plans made for their pets. So that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, great people, great kids, great families, and they just don't know what to do. And we gladly accept them with open arms um, to prevent that parrot getting sold over and over and over again. We know they'll be safe with us if they're well socialized and eventually they'll be adopted. But we don't want them going on Craigslist. There's a big, yeah, temptation to sell them. They're worth a lot of money, right? Worth a lot of money, yeah. go for two grand. And because enlisting on it, we we can't import any of these birds into the USA and that's there's been a ban on importation for a long time so there's a huge demand retail demand for these birds um, mm-hmm. and I I talked to some of the pet stores in the USA over four years and they they told me this they say 
there's a big demand because even the local breeders in the USA are selling their birds and shipping them out to other countries. So mm-hmm. there's not a, a they the supply for the pet stores in the USA is is low. They they, they can't get them um, because shipping. You know, um, Amazon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they sell them on Amazon, but probably that's, not. I, but that's a big thing. Is is these these breeders? They have a you know 500 birds for sale, and they're going to sell them to whoever will pay for them. So right. a lot of them right. are going being shipped out, which reduces the, the availability for the retail. Yeah. Uh, businesses they're selling birds in in the USA and so it's mm-hmm. in I'm taking a long way to say the average retail price has gone up because yeah. of this and so yeah and, and don't and please listening guys don't sit there and start getting at your calculator and yeah if I sold 20 macaws then I'd have, <laughs> you know, have it made for my retirement because it's not gonna it's not gonna happen it's, it's not like it's selling, not you know, boxes of cereal. You have to know. Right. You have to really know this business. You have to really know these animals. You go sell one of these birds to somebody, and it bites off their little kid's finger, and you have a civil suit that ruins your financial future right. and quickly. Well, I don't. You know, so, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think any breeders um, become wealthy. It has to be a love. Um, it's not easy work it's complicated and it's always a risk you know will they have babies this season maybe maybe not so i just wanted to chime that in there that you know they're they're, they're not getting wealthy um, no and breeding is not it's not like yeah. breeding um puppies not by any means and once yeah. they lay the yeah. egg you have to hatch it and once mm-hmm. it hatches, you have to hand feed that baby right, around the clock for what, like five weeks or something. It's been a long time since I've raised any babies, but that you have to hand feed them around the clock. You know, it's like every four hours for weeks. It's like a newborn. A couple of yep. weeks, yeah, just like your 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 kid that you newborn got baby. in the middle of the night to feed. The same yep. with them, or they won't live, just, right? Yep. No, they yep. won't. They won't. They won't yeah. thrive. And um, so, yeah, it, that's, it's complicated to be a breeder. Um, mm-hmm. And that just kind of actually led me into um, to just tell just a brief little history of the founder of Magnolia Exotic Bird Sanctuary, which is Sharon Markland. And she's my sister. Uh, she bought her first bird from a pet store, I think it was 1986. Um, was a cockatoo named Sammy. They didn't know anything about him. She didn't know anything about parrots. Um, she's an animal lover. We all are. But And she tells the story that she brought him home, and they yelled at each other for two months. Because she was trying to figure him out. He was trying to figure her out. And they scream, just became, I scream. Yep. You scream, I scream. I'll scream louder. Mimicking, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you think, think you can yell. You think you're talking right? to your 
you know, your pet retriever or something, and, right. and that bird is way ahead of you. <laughs> way, way ahead of you. Anyway, he turned out uh, just to be a delightful cockatoo and lived with Sharon until he died of old age. But that was the beginning. I don't not I'm not sure she knew it then, but that was the beginning of her life with parents. So she eventually started breeding small birds and then went to the medium-sized birds. And then at one point in um, Tomball, Texas, had a bird store, just birds. And birds, everything, you know, the toys and food and the birds um, that she had uh, hand-raised. Um, in 2004, uh, she realized that this is not what she's supposed to do with her life. And um, she closed the store and officially opened up the sanctuary. Though so she'd already been rescuing before. People would just, she'd buy a bird from somebody to get it out of a, one in particular was mm. living in a cage in a closet. Come on and listen. We got suggestions on the Bird Talker Radio. If your bird's misbehaving, we'll help you save it on the Bird Talker Radio. If your bird's getting rowdy, just call and say howdy on the Bird Talker Radio. We are birds of a feather. We'll stick together on the Bird Talk Radio. Dot com. You are listening to Bird Talk Radio pre-recorded live streaming and podcast shows. Stay tuned for more of the streaming bird love and visit birdtalkradio.com again soon for live Bird Talk Radio show schedules and links to our streaming and podcast Bird Talk shows.